0: flyweight champion
2: of the world
1: this is fast eddie chambers and you're listening to the box Hard podcast with my main man joey cosmo
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 303 of the Box Hard podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers, the former heavyweight world title challenger. Eddie, how you doing, my friend? And like I say, welcome to the show once again.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing great, enjoying life, even though it's hard on me right now because I'm working so much, but <laughs> loving it all loving it all and like we say
2: this episode is sponsored by Manscaped which is quite a cool thing we've linked up now with Manscaped the below-the-waist grooming company. We will get to that later on in the show. Very exciting link up for myself and Eddie, but before we get into all of that stuff, let's start with the review part. We're going to start here at the Malavich nightclub in Ukraine. Over here, heavyweight Andre Rodenko, now 34-5. and five. A technical decision in the eighth and final round against Andrea Pese, who's now 7-13. and 13. He won pretty much every round Rodenko. Again, it's a guy who hasn't been stopped. It's a guy who I believe uh should be in with, with, with a prospect, I think. I think that's probably what he's hanging around for. One last payday. Uh moving out now to the Castleton or the yeah, the Castleton Banquet and Conference Center in New Hampshire, USA over here. Evan Holyfield now 7-0, a TKO in round three against Augustin Cicero, who's now 16-19 with three draws. Cicero down five times in those three rounds. Uh, moving out now to the Matchroom HQ Garden. Eddie Hearn's back garden in Brentwood, Essex, United Kingdom. This one was on the zone. Let's start with... I think we should start with the main event. Um, Let's give it the respect it deserves. Kanzu, the Chinaman, came over here. Boasting a record of 18 and 2. Um, he was TKO'd in the twelfth and final round by huge underdog Lee Wood of Britain. He's the new WBA World Featherweight champion. Lee Wood now 25 and 2. Kanzu down in the 12th round from a right hand. Um, I just couldn't believe what I saw. I mean the punch selection, the punch variety, the footwork, the judge of distance from Lee Wood was exceptional um Kanzu down like I say in the 12th round as the pair exchanged hooks and at that point I think Zoo was just kind of going for broke and he got you know he got back up and would put it on him and he forced the stoppage unbelievable performance I mean no one gave Lee Wood a chance we all hoped he could do it but it was like you know we 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 were kind of I guess um you know hoping for the best but expecting the worst and You'd be crazy to not expect the worst. No one saw that one coming. Um, but yeah, what a performance! A huge upset. Ben Davison, for me, trainer of the year. You know, it's 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 just we can end it right here in August, or or should I say, because this fight was on uh, July thirty-first, we could end it right there. Um, you know, Ben Davison, obviously led Billy Joe Saunders to the Canelo fight. I know that's not the highlight of his year, but you know, let's let's be honest, Billy Joe fought quite well in that fight, but other than that Uh, Lee McGregor to to stop Karim Guirthi in a round, unbelievable, Um, Josh Taylor to beat Jose Ramirez to become the undisputed champion at 140, and now this, to lead Lee Wood to a world title against someone like Kanzu, who I think had the world record at featherweight for the most punches thrown, I think he'd thrown God knows how many punches in the fight prior to this, and he just couldn't. Pick up that punch volume. I know he was coming off some um, some inactivity, almost two years out of the ring. But Lee Wood, I mean, God, we're talking about a guy that lost to Jazza Dickens. It's unbelievable how boxing works. And you know, once again, we're going to be speaking about it later on in the show. Kid Galahad, a guy who, you know beat Jazza Dickens eight years ago and since then he's managed to get one shot at a world title and it was against Josh Warrington. He lost it could have it could have gone either way but he lost and he beat Jazza Dickens eight years ago. He stopped him. Jazza Dickens beat Lee Wood and yet Lee Wood has become a world champion before either of those guys. It is unbelievable. Um and, and a great thing as well, this, this fight ended 20 minutes before Lee Wood's birthday. So at midnight, he turned... Uh, I'm not sure how old he turned, but it was his birthday 20 minutes after the fight. I mean, what a birthday present for him. And I was refreshing his Twitter page every second, and the followers were just shooting up. And he only had six weeks' notice. I cannot put into words how proud I am of Lee Wood and Britain gain another world champion pretty much out of nowhere. And we're going to get another one this weekend as well, providing we don't get a draw between Jazza Dickens and Kid Galahad. But anyways, unbelievable from Lee Wood. talk about it all day, but I'm going to move on quite swiftly. Um, elsewhere on the undercard, Tommy McCarthy now 18-3. and three. He lost a split decision over 12 rounds to Chris Billum-Smith. This one could have gone either way. Um, Chris, Billum-Smith, Chris Billum-Smith now 13-1. and one. It was for the EBU European Cruiserweight title, the Commonwealth and the vacant British Cruiserweight titles. Uh, I said it on last week's show, I really thought this was a genuine 50-50. Um... You know, it really was, and at the very end, like I said, it could have gone either way. It was a genuine fifty-fifty on who was going to get it in round, um, at round twelve. Because, cause like I said, it did, it it, it did go twelve. Um, Chris billam Smith was bossing the first round until he walked into a huge overhand right in the last ten seconds that staggered him badly. But he got through the round. All in all, though, a good fight. Um. You know, both guys landed and took big shots throughout the fight. Both guys got tired in parts. Um, on the punch stats as well, they showed them they were pretty much, you know, the same almost. So, like I said, the fight could have gone either way. Credit to both guys for giving it their all. Wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. Um, elsewhere on the card, let's talk about now Avni Yildirim, 21-4. Um, and 4. He was able to lose he was able to lose against Jack Cullen Um, Jack Cullen with the unanimous decision win over 10 rounds there for the vacant IBF international super middleweight title I couldn't believe that Jack Cullen was the was the favorite you know he's got two losses not to fantastic fighters Avni Yildirim's losses though came to Canelo came to Chris Eubank Jr and the other loss has slipped my mind at the moment but you know Yildirim was a guy that was famous for his losses, and Jack Cullen was a guy that, you know, is a solid fighter domestically, but not really on that European level, certainly not on world level. And like I say, he's got two losses to guys um, that are not world beaters by any stretch. So I couldn't understand why he was such a heavy favourite, but he was, and I was over the moon for Jack Cullen. Brilliant from him again. Another one, just like the Lee Wood fight. It was just a pleasure to watch, um, you know. But I, I've got to say, Cullen, if he were to fight someone like a Eubank Junior or a Canelo, he'd lose to those guys as well. So I really couldn't couldn't understand um, why he was such a heavy favorite. But Yilderim, I think he's proved it here. He is pretty useless, and I hate to sound too negative. Um, Cullen deserves a massive payday next next time out. You know, after beating Yilderim like that, and of course the win before that against John Doherty, he is in tremendous form and it's a pleasure to see. Elsewhere on the card Anthony Fowler now 15 and 1 a TKO for him in round 8 against Rico Muller who's now 28 and 4 with a draw. Um To be honest with you, I think that fight took a little bit longer than I expected for Fowler to get the KO. I felt the corner of Muller were far too brave. They could have pulled him out one or two rounds prior to the eventual referee stoppage. Um, Late notice as well, you know, he came in, um, you know, on on short notice, Muller. And his last real kind of top-level fight was down at 140, and he was up at 154 for that. Straight after the fight... Uh, They announced that Anthony Fowler will be boxing in his next fight, former world champion Liam Smith. That's a brilliant fight, but he needs to up his game, um, I think, Anthony Fowler, before going in against Liam Smith. Liam Smith is a really good fighter. Um, But, yeah, that's another tremendous fight to look forward to. All British, all English, all Liverpool. Uh, that one there, so that's going to be a massive fight for the city. Um, elsewhere on the card, Sandy Ryan did end up making her debut. She's now one and zero, a six-round uh, points win against Kirsty Bavington. Um, so, that's good for her. Campbell Hatton as well. Now he's 4-0. and Sorry, now he's 3-0. A points win over four rounds against Jacob Laskowski. I did say Laskowski would go for it and it could be a tougher fight than some people felt. Um, I had put a little bit of money on Campbell Hatton to not get the knockout and for him to win on points and that was what happened. Laskowski in his four losses had been stopped twice. But he went the distance again, so Campbell Hatton still in search of his first knockout since turning pro. Anyway, that's it for the UK. Moving out now to the Prudential Centre in Newark, New Jersey. We're going to fly through this one. Wow, oh wow. Um... Andre Durrell with a TKO in three rounds against Christopher Brooker, who's now sixteen and eight. Andre Durrell now twenty-eight and three. Brooker was down, like I say, three times there. A win on the undercard for Joey Spencer, now thirteen and oh, a unanimous decision over eight there against James Martin. Carl Dargan returned with a knockout in round three against Ivan Delgado. Delgado now 13-4 and four with two draws. Carl Dargan 20 wins and one loss. And the shocker on this card has to be said. The undefeated heavyweight prospect Michael Polite-Coffee coming off that excellent win against Damani Rock got knocked out in five rounds by Jonathan Rice who's 13 or oh, who was thirteen and six with a draw going in now fourteen and six, um, a real big upset there, a real big upset. They were saying it was almost like um, Buster Douglas esque. I could not see that one coming. I mean, he was like a <laughs> a huge favorite. It wasn't even close. He was uh, he was you know such a huge favorite, Michael Polite Coffee, that it wasn't even worth putting a bet on because the return would just not even be worth wasting the time of placing the bet Um, moving out now to the Madison Square Garden Theatre in New York, this one was on Fight TV for free if you missed it this Tuesday just gone a couple of days ago then that's on you but anyways, on this card here It was topped by Michael Hunter, now 20-1 with a draw. A TKO for him in four rounds against Mike Wilson, his former amateur foe. Wilson now 21-2. First time he's ever been stopped in his entire life, amateur and pro. It was for the vacant WBA Continental America's heavyweight title. Michael Hunter outclassed him pretty much from the first bell. Um, An easy victory. It wasn't the kind of opponent that we want to see Michael win with. He is in the prime of his life, you have to say. And this is two underwhelming opponents in a row. It has to be said. Everyone knows that Michael's a friend of mine, but I I will tell it how it is. Um, Straight after the fight, he's now... Kind of calling out Dillian White, which is a fight I think everyone would love to see. Um, but yeah, we shall see. It was the first fight of a four fight deal with Triller. Um, so all the best to Michael Hunter, but a, a real brutal knockout to finish it. By the way, a perfectly timed right hand, and Mike Wilson was down on the floor. Blood was coming out of about three or four different places on his face, and as he was trying to climb up, the blood was was dripping on the canvas. And you know he got back up. Credit to him. When the referee said walk left and right, he gave it the uh, you know the 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 old man walk. I like to call it. The referee did the right thing and waved it off. On the undercard, I've got to be honest and hold my hands up, I didn't watch it because I swore to myself I'd never watch a Mikael Lespierre fight ever again after his poor fight with Maurice Hooker. He's now 22-3 and with a draw. He lost pretty much every round to former world champion Chris Algieri. Now... 25 and 3 all the best to him I do like Algeria, a friend of the show but anyway that's it for the review part of the show just before we welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast it's now time to thank our sponsor this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped but the opinions expressed are those of myself and former heavyweight world title challenger Eddie Chambers Manscaped are a leading brand in below the waist grooming a quick snoop of their website will intrigue you if nothing else they offer products. That would be perfect for yourself or somebody you know. If you're perhaps stuck for a gift idea, look no further. They sent myself and Eddie some products to try out, and you know, they've got a whole range of different products, but I want to focus here on the manscaped performance package 4.0 now this product is something that I feel is a must-have for anyone that takes their below the waist grooming seriously inside this kit you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 this handheld electric trimmer has its own stand that's used to charge the device it uses next generation skin safe technology it comes with a spotlight so you can see exactly what you're trimming it's quiet it has a power status indicator so you know how high or low the battery battery is and it's waterproof now i've used this trimmer and i have to say it is fantastic it really is i was able to get a close shave and it's left me looking pretty good down there if i may say so myself the kit also comes with the weed whacker which is a nose and ear hair trimmer for those who like to stay on top of that again skin safe technology with a 360 degree rotary dual blade again this product is chargeable and has a long battery life also in the package you'll receive what they call the clip Preserver. Putting it simply, this is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Now, you squirt the lotion onto your hands, rub it together, and then apply it to your balls. This stuff smells amazing. It really does, and I'm not trying to sell it. This stuff is amazing to smell. It's quickly absorbed. It dries clear. It doesn't leave any white marks or anything like that. The final thing that you need that also comes in this box is the Crop Reviver. Now, this is a ball toner and ref- fresher i give it about two or three sprays around my ball region once again this stuff truly does smell great and it leaves me feeling clean comfortable and confident i look good i smell good now those are the four main products that the performance package 4.0 contain but that is not all it also comes with disposable shaving mats you stand on these and they catch all the trimmings for easy tidy disposal if you order this package you'll also receive two free gifts a pair of anti-chafing boxer shorts and a travel bag perfect for carrying your manscaped products please visit manscaped.com and Use the promo code boxhard, all one word, for 20% off and free shipping. And who knows, maybe you'll have people running back to your sack. But hey, just before we wrap it up, like I say, it's now time to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast ladies and gentlemen please welcome the undefeated wbc super bantamweight world champion it is of course mr brandon figueroa brandon welcome back on the show you said you'd do it and just like a fedex worker you boxed and delivered
0: no thank you thank you thank you for having me once again and uh it's an honor to come back to your show
2: it's always an honor speaking with you brandon so just tell me about that win man obviously your last fight Picking up the WBC title, the belt that you told me you'd win, uh, you were the underdog. I always thought you could do it, but it was a big ask. And to win by knockout was a huge statement in the division.
0: No, yes. You know, of course, that was the game plan. You know, I know I'm not much to talk, but um, I like to talk in the ring. And, you know, I know that my hard work doesn't go on 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 uncredited. On and I feel like that's what was a difference maker uh that night you know was all the hard work i put in the gym all the dedication all the hours you know all the sacrifices i made you know really paid off in the ring when when i used up all of my energy all my hard work to you know get him out of there
2: and what does it mean brandon to the Figueroa family you and your brother both have won wbc world titles now it's just such a huge accomplishment
0: no yeah you know it means a lot it just you know we're just known to, to train and, and fight and give fans a good show. And, and I feel like that's what we stand for, you know. it that always, always comes to fight. And we're always willing to give, you know, these these amazing fights.
2: And the one criticism, Brandon, some people maybe, just maybe, could have had about yourself was that you didn't take the most difficult route to pick up the WBA title. You boxed Parejo for the interim. You got upgraded. You had the draw with Julio Seja. We know he came in grossly overweight. At that point, people were not sure if you were truly world-level. But this win... No one can argue it. I'm very proud of you. I was a little bit worried about you looking past Lewis Neary because you already knew you'd be boxing Stephen Fulton. Uh, That fight was lined up. But no, you were able to stay focused, remain composed, and do a job on Neary. Let's talk about your next fight, Brandon. September 11th on Showtime against Stephen Fulton, your second undefeated world champion in a row now. Tell me your thoughts on Fulton and how you think that fight will go
0: yeah you know he's a he's a mid range fighter you know he likes he's crafty he likes to use his feet a lot um and i feel like it's not really much of a difference between him and her you know both flashy uh uh fighters that you know have quick hands but i feel like too Fulton probably has a little bit more to his arsenal that may give me a little bit more trouble but um you know that's how we're making preparations and adjustments right now in training camp so that when we go out there you know we're gonna Take try game plan and, and come out with the win.
2: So Brandon, you see this challenge as a tougher fight than the Neri fight, is that right?
0: Yes, because I feel like uh Stephen Fulton, you know, he he was present when he saw me fight a uh, Neri and um, you know, I feel like he has something, you know, to to watch out for. You know, he, he saw me firsthand on on how I fight and you know, he's going to make adjustments as well. And, um, you know, it's all about who goes better shape to that fight.
2: And Stephen Fulton predicted that you would beat Neary. Um, he got into the ring after the fight. He did the Jake Paul hat prank. It seems quite respectful between you both. Is that fair to say there's no bad blood there as such?
0: No, you know, it's, it's just part of our job, you know, to entertain the fans and give fans a good show, you know, uh, to hype up the fight and, you know, He's been, he's been talking, so uh, but it's just a matter of time until we both get in the ring and we both, uh, you know, hash it out. And, you know, just going to be, you know, the, the, the best man is going to win the fight, you know. And that's why I leave none of that room uh, for him to win, and I do that in the gym. I prepare myself so well, and, and I'm dedicated, and, you know, I got to go in there and at 110%, even better than last time. If I want to keep beating these world champion fighters that you know are up there, and that you know these guys are not pushovers, you know they're world champions for a reason, and you know not only that, but it it'll be great for my legacy, you know, beating Luis Nery, and then after that going against Stephen Fulton and coming out on top, I mean that that would just speak volumes uh, uh, as a fighter. So that's what I want to accomplish.
2: And speaking of, you know, um, what you just said, really, like accomplishments and speaking volumes your last three opponents have a combined record of 78 and five if you add Fulton's record to that that's 97 and five that's going to be your last four fights um do you ever think about statistics like that because that's that's crazy when I think about 97 and five man
0: nah I mean I don't really pay attention you know I just (laughs) I just see what's ahead and you know, I li- I like the challenges, you know, I love I love to earn what what I what I, you know, get. And definitely, you know, this uh another you know, fighting for my third world ch- title is gonna be an, an a big challenge for me and it's gonna be a greater, greater challenge, uh uh, you know, come fight night, come September eleventh. But I know with my hard work dedication and my preparation is gonna take me to, to win that third world title and, you know, make history. That's that's what I wanna do, is is be remembered in the books and keep fighting these world-level fighters, these world champions that are going to make me better as a fighter as well, and that are, that are going to help me grow, uh, um, you know, to become a, a very, very dangerous fighter for the 126th 100, pound division, which is what I want to, you know, uh, challenge on next, and I feel like this is just another stepping stone to take me to elevate my my, my game.
2: And as far as I'm aware, Brandon, there's been no announcement yet on the venue. Do you know when we'll hear something on that?
0: Um, hopefully, I mean, maybe in two, in, in, in a few weeks. But because I know COVID right now is, is rising up again over here in the United States. And uh, some places are, are getting really affected. So we're just going to have to see, I guess, uh, where the manager and the promoters come together. And I guess PBC and, and try to find the best place possible, safest place possible for the fighters so uh, i guess it's just a matter of time maybe i say in two weeks okay we
2: shall see and you know you mentioned about the eventual move up to 126 that's an exciting fault. um it probably makes no sense right now, but I would love to see you in with like a Daniel Roman. I mean, that's an unbelievable style clash, but obviously the undisputed fight is is there as well. If you were to beat Fulton, there'd be one other guy that holds a title or two titles, Murajon Akhmadaliev. Um, is that a fight you would try to go after before making the move to one twenty six? Do you do you care about being undisputed?
0: I mean, no. I feel like I beat the best of the of the division already. If you know, uh, uh, you know, September 11 goes as planned, then I feel like I beat the best in in the division. You know, um, I did my job as a, as a 122 pounder. You know, I'm getting older. I'm getting bigger. I'm I'm getting more of a man muscle body type. So I feel like the 122 pound to me is is already. You know, it's it's getting a little bit more difficult to make weight, so I gotta take that into consideration. And yeah, I mean, I would love to fight other great fighters. I mean, I, I I called out that Danny Roman a long time ago when he when he had the two belts, and they didn't take the fight. I called out Stephen Fulton a long time ago. They didn't take the fight. So you know, I've never said no to any of the fighters. I, I every time a fight is presented to me, you know, we always say yes. You know, we never back down for from any fight. And I've been calling out these these guys that are now world champions or, or that have the caliber of, of a world champion status, you know, a long time ago. So I've never been scared of anyone. I've never been, you know, afraid to, to get in the ring and mix it up with anyone. You know, that's what, you know, boxing is about is getting in with the best. And, you know, I'm just happy that I'm doing so now.
2: And coming down to my last two questions, um, I almost called you Omar there. Uh, Brandon, I want to ask about Omar, funny enough. He popped in my head. What is next for him? Obviously, he had the setback earlier on this year. We spoke about it after the fight. You've won a world title here. Um, yeah, what's what's next for him? Can you tell us anything?
0: Um, well, what I do know is that he's he's right now, he's, uh, he's staying busy, you know, in the gym. Uh, you know, getting back to the gym, you know, staying consistent. So that's a, a thing that I see from him right now. Um, on, on where he fights or when he's going to fight, I really don't have any, inf- any information about that. But I know soon if he if, if he does have information, he'll probably announce it on his social medias. But uh, apart from that, I, all I know is that, that he's been staying busy. He's been working as well over there where, where, where my home is at because right now I'm in California training. So he's in Texas right now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all I could say is that, that he's putting in work and, I guess, preparing himself for, for what's to come for whatever fight uh, he's lined up to fight.
2: And that's all that matters, that he is staying in the gym. That is that is the important thing. My final question for you, Brandon. Um, couple weeks to go now, only two weeks. We get to see Spence Pacquiao. How do you see that fight unfolding? What's your prediction for that one, man?
0: Um, I mean, that's gonna be a great fight, you know. Just to see Manny Pacquiao again is a privilege nowadays. So uh, definitely gonna be be excited for that fight because I know Spence uh, is ain't you no know, pushover. So it's gonna be a tough challenge on Manny Pacquiao, but you know, I feel like Spencer might be might be too strong, too smart uh, for for Pacquiao. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, Pacquiao he he has experienced that that grit to to overcome a lot of obstacles. So we'll see. We'll see if his experience and, and his speed and movement will, will be the great uh, factor that's going to make him win the fight. So we'll see.
2: We'll see. It's a fantastic fight. And just finally, Brandon, before we wrap it up, if you've got any closing words to your supporters here in the UK, as you know, you're, you've got a little bit of a fan base over here now. We stay up late to watch your fights every time you're on. A lot of people wanting and hoping for you to beat Fulton come September 11th. What's your message to those guys, Brandon?
0: No, I just want to give a big shout-out to the UK. You know, you guys are awesome. You guys always supporting me and Team Figueroa. Um, You know, definitely want to give, you know, give you guys a great show, a great fight every time. Um, So I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. You guys honestly show a lot of tremendous support, and I appreciate it. So
2: thank you guys. There we go, those words from the bottom of Brandon's heart, the heartbreaker. Listen, Brandon, it is always a pleasure speaking with you. Best of luck for September 11th, and God willing, the next time we speak, I'm speaking to a unified super bantamweight world champion.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with a card that's been announced by Mick Hennessy. It's going to be at the Sky Dome Arena in Coventry. Um, Friday, September 10th, pretty much he's showcasing all of his talent, really. You've got Sam Eginton on the card, Isaac Chamberlain, Stevie McKenna, Shakam Pitters, River Wilson-Bent, Casey Benjamin, Idris Virgo, Brett McGinty, Tommy Welch, and Mick Hennessy Jr. I don't think any opponents have been announced for that just yet, but should be a decent card with all those names on there. Um, elsewhere, we're going to go now to Sunday... August 29th, it's the Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley undercard. On that undercard, Tommy Fury has been put on the card. So you'd imagine they're building towards perhaps a Tommy Fury and Jake Paul fight. We shall see. um, Tommy Fury takes on... Anthony Taylor, who's and one as a pro. I think he's been boxing in MMA. or not boxing, but fighting in MMA recently. And also on the card, we get to see Daniel Dubois. He makes his U.S. debut. He's taken on a guy called uh, Joe Cuzumano That's over 10 rounds there. Um... And, yeah, also on that card as well, another addition. Not a Brit, but a good fight, I guess. Um, former junior welterweight world champion Ivan Baranchik. I think he hasn't boxed since losing by knockout to Zapeda. He's back against Montana Love, the unbeaten fighter from Cleveland. Uh, that's that one there. Again, it's going to be Sunday, August 29th. Uh, moving on now to the Pacquiao Spence undercard. Again, August 21st on the undercard they've announced your Dennis Ugas making a defense of his WBA welterweight world title against the brother of Marcos. It is Argentina's Fabian Maidana. That's a co-main event there. Also on the undercard, the battle... I'm going to say this respectfully. I like both guys, but the battle of the dinosaurs, man. Former world champions Robert Guerrero and Victor Ortiz. I mean, it's a fight that could have happened about 12 years ago. But anyway, they get in there um, at welterweight. And also the unbeaten featherweight contender Mark Magseo takes on former world champion Julio Sayha. Um... Again, that is in Las Vegas, August 21st, a Saturday. And one final piece of news to mention. It's a bit of a weird one, I guess. It's taking place in Dubai, and the date is August 20th. Um, We have a fight for the vacant IBF world title at um, Junior Lightweight, so at um 130 and it's against or between I should say Kenichi Ogawa 25 and 1 with a draw the Japanese fighter who of course once upon a time took on Tevin Farmer and beat Tevin Farmer controversially but then obviously the result turned to a no contest after Ogawa tested positive for a banned substance he's back um you know he hasn't really done anything to deserve a title shot to be honest with you. But he's back. He's he's obviously got a good relationship with the IBF. Back fighting for that title. It's vacant. But he takes on Shavkatzon Rakimov. That's the guy that last time out drew with Joseph Jojo Diaz. A majority decision. Uh, majority draw, should I say. Um... A lot of people felt he could have actually nicked it against Diaz, so he's a really good fighter. I expect him to win that fight, actually, but that's going down in Dubai, like I say. August 20th, it's a Friday. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news. Moving on now to the preview part of the show. We're going to start with a card that takes place tomorrow in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Over here, this one's going to be on ESPN+. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be on, I think, IFL TV still show. This this kind of content um, on the undercard. I've got to say, this is this this might not sit well with some people here, but Sean McComb, 11 and one. He was supposed to be in against someone else, and this is a late kind of replacement, I guess. Um, Vicente Rodriguez 39 and six with a draw. He's knocked out 21 people. This this Argentinian fighter now he's not fantastic. He's coming off two back to back losses, but he is tough. Um, You know, he's only been stopped twice in those six losses. And one of them was to Adrian Broner back in 2011. So it's been 10 years since that. The other loss by knockout came eight and a bit years ago. So this is interesting. He hasn't been super active of late. He's only had um, one fight since 2016. So it's not looking good from that point of view. But I've got to say it. And I, I really feel bad for saying this, but Sean McComb in his last fight, a blatant quit. A blatant quit. Um, he was in the ring, exchanging with Gavin Gwynn, then he turned his back and literally just walked to the corner. He'd had enough. Turned his back and the referee waved it off. So, I'm wondering if there's some, um, you know, some, some what's the word I'm looking for, Eddie? Like... Uh, What's the word? You know, you quit in a fight then you take on a punch in your comeback fight, It could come back to bite
1: him again, it could come back to haunt him, you know? One thing about that though, one thing when you do quit, it really makes it hard to do it again. I mean, most people would think, well, no, nah, if you could quit once, you can keep doing it, but if you're a person that has how do I say it? Like uh, you know, a little bit of comp- like a like a like a I don't know, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the word like if you're expecting to win, you're expect you're not just a guy that's a uh, run-of-the-mill journeyman type fighter. If you're expecting to win, and you quit, it puts that pressure on you. Ah, I can't quit again. Like Vladimir, like uh, uh, Vitaly, when he fought Chris Bird, he messed his shoulder up, but he quit. You see, when he fought Lennox Lewis? He almost fought him like to the death. He was like, man, I'm not getting out this ring until I'm dead. That's how he felt because he can't see let people see that happen to him again. He was a proud, a proud guy, a proud fighter. So with this time, then going in with a puncher, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking that a guy like him at this point, after he's quit once, is going to be really difficult to make him do that again. You know what I mean? Well, maybe, I don't know about, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what's in his heart, but I do know that it makes it a little bit more, a little bit difficult because now people going to say that, oh, they're going to label him. Like he's a quitter, you know what I'm saying? We
2: shall see, man. There's there's some people that would disagree and say once once you've quit once, it's it's easy to to do it again. We 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 will see. But I like the fight. It's it's kind of a you know an opponent change. It wasn't the fight he was looking for, and this guy can punch. So I'm expecting um, you know that to be quite interesting there, actually. Elsewhere on the card, Tyrone McKenna, 21-2 with a draw, takes on over 10 rounds. Jose Felix, who's 39-4 with a draw. That one's for the vacant WBO Intercontinental, super lightweight title. Again, Felix, quite a puncher. 30 KOs from 39 wins, uh, 4 losses, 2 by knockout. Um, Hasn't really boxed at a fantastic level of late, to be honest with you, but again... It's an interesting one, you know, because um, Tyrone McKenna, ah, I hate to say it, but he's not fantastic. He's not a big puncher. He's coming off a loss to O'Hara Davies last time out. He's been out the ring almost a year. I don't know, man. It is, I mean, the fight before that, he, he should have lost as well against Mohammed Mimoune. We all know that one. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Again, I quite like the matchmaking. Um, Also on the card, Lee McGregor, 10-0 with 8 KOs. Steps in against Vincent Legrand. It's a defense here of McGregor's EBU European Bantamweight title. McGregor absolutely huge for Bantamweight. Um, Coming off that stunning knockout that I mentioned in part one when he knocked out Karim Gwerphy in a round. But Vincent Legrand, um, 32-0, 17 KOs. A French fighter who... I've got to be honest has kind of built his record up. it's a little bit inflated. I mean we're gonna go for his last few fights here. His last fight he beat a guy who was seven and two with a draw. The fight before that a guy who was nineteen and twenty eight with two draws. Fight before that a guy who was seven and seven with two draws. Fight before that eight and six before that fourteen and twenty nine before that seven and eight before that six and four. You know, it's not been great at all. He's got a very padded record, and the more I look at it, the worse it seems to be. Um, I'm expecting Lee McGregor to get the knockout there and look pretty good. Um, I don't think LeGrand's that bad. I think he's probably better than I'm saying he is, but you know, I can see a knockout again for Lee McGregor who seems to be on fire especially under the guidance of Ben Davison. And the main event, Michael Conlan, fights here for the vacant WBA interim world featherweight title. Um, he gets in against former world champion TJ Doheny. Um, both guys are coming off a win last... Sorry, not a win. Both guys are coming off fighting the same guy in their last fights. Um, obviously TJ Doheny last time out losing to Baluta. It was a huge, huge upset. It's one of the biggest upsets of 2020. You know, being a um, a world champion and stuff like that in 2019 and less than a year later he loses to a guy who was 12 and 2. I think it was out in Dubai that one there. But anyway, he gets in against Michael Conlon who beat Baluta last time out but he didn't have it all his own way. It's a fight I think certainly goes the distance. I think Conlon might just be a little bit too good for TJ Doheny, but having said that, when you're a guy like Doheny, an Irish guy who You know, hasn't really had an easy career, I don't think. I think he's kind of had to do things the hard way, not with a big promoter behind him. And you're going in against this Irish superstar. I think that gives you a little bit more motivation. I think you think to yourself, this is it. I I win here and I'm the superstar of Ireland. So I feel like, you know, he won't be lacking motivation for this. I think he will... Um, really give it a good go here. I don't think he's done just yet. I don't think so. But we will find out in this fight, I think. I think it's a good fight. And I tell you what, Doheny to win that fight on points is an interesting price, just like um, Sean McComb to lose by by knockout, you know, to perhaps quit again. Who knows? I think they're both interesting or, or you know, interesting odds and worth just a couple of quid um, anyway, moving out now to the Matchroom HQ garden in Brentwood, Essex. Once again, it's week two of three in Eddie Hearn's back garden. On the undercard, Ellie Scottney two and zero. No opponent. Akib Acuathia six and zero in against Kevin Baldespino, who's nine and five with two draws. We've got Johnny Fisher two and zero against Danny Whittaker, who's four and three. We've got Ebony Bridges, the return of the Australian sensation, five and one. She is in a, I'm not sure how many rounds it's going to be, but I'm hearing it's going to be over three minutes against Beck Connolly, who is a bit of a journey woman, to be honest, but she's three and nine. She's been in with good fighters like um, Natasha Jonas and... And Terry Harper and a few others that I've forgotten at the moment, but that should be interesting. I think Bridges wins that one on points. Alan the Savage Babich seven and O against Mark Bennett who's seven and one. That I mean should probably go as everyone expects a knockout there for Alan Babich. He's seven and O with seven KOs. I'm expecting that to be um, extended to eight with eight and another brilliant fight there's no way in the world this one goes a distance it's scheduled for 10 rounds they do not need the judges believe me it's for the English heavyweight title we've got Fabio Wardley 11 and 0 stepping in against Nick Webb 17 and 2 um interesting about Nick Webb obviously had 19 fights Wardley's had um 11 like i mentioned so almost double the amount of fights from Webb but Webb has only gone at the very most I think he's gone six rounds. That's the most he's gone. It was only one time. Other than that, he seems to have the fight finished by the second or third round. He's coming off that excellent win back in March in Gibraltar against Eric Pfeiffer. Um, Fabio Wardley in his last fight, I mean, he got the stoppage against Eric Molina, but he was hurt at one point as well. That fight, I think, doesn't get out past three rounds. I think it's going to be a bang-up. Someone's going to go there. Fabio Wardley, 11-0 with 10 KOs. All the best to Nick Webb friend of the show um, I'd love to see him do it I really really like Nick Webb again he's a guy that I don't think's had it too easy and you know we want to see him fight the Savage Babich and if he loses this then that one's off the table you'd imagine so I'd love to see him do it you know I think Nick Webb um, is a really good fighter and I tell you what he can pu- Well, he's not a, he's not fantastic is he he's not a world beater I'm not I'm not I'm not going to lie here but he you know he 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 when he trains good he's he's a good fighter and His power's real. That's one thing. His power certainly is real. Um, And the main event, Kid Galahad 27-1 steps in over 12 rounds against Jazza Dickens, 30-3 for the vacant IBF World Featherweight title. The rematch eight years after the first fight. The first fight was a really good fight. I remember Jazza Dickens, um, I remember watching it on Channel 5, Jazza Dickens was um, very much in the fight up until the stoppage in the 10th round. It was for the British title back then, and here we go. It's for the world title now. I think Jazza Dickens has improved massively since the first fight. I think Kid Galahad has been treading water for such a long time and obviously he could have been a world champion against Warrington. That one could have gone either way. I hope it's not too late for Galahad, but I think Jazza Dickens with winning the you know the golden contract tournament, he's just riding Uh, a wave right now he's in tremendous form he's got a lot of momentum behind him and I don't think he's going to get stopped I think it goes a distance I think Galahad overall might just be a little bit too cute for him but it's an interesting fight and I wouldn't be surprised if Jazza Dickens is the aggressor I think that's the way it's going to go I think Galahad's going to try and sit back and counter punch him and stuff like that but um, I can see it going the distance and Again, I could see it going either way. But all the best to both guys. You know, they've both been on the show before. I'm, I'm over the moon if Jazza Dickens wins a world title. I mean, honestly, they could they could possibly make a make a movie about his career if he does win a world title here. And as for Kid Galahad, he is a guy who's been full of promise since he made his debut over, I think, 10 years ago. He's been a pro for a long, long time. It's been such a stop-start career for him. To finally get over that hurdle will be massive, and it will mean a hell of a lot down in the Ingle Gym as well. You know, he would be... Um, you know, they're, they're only world champion at the moment, you know. Um, yeah, kid, kid kid Galahad would be the guy kind of flying the flag in Sheffield because Kell Brook, I don't think, is going to win a world title again. Liam Williams fell short recently against Demetrius Andrade. Uh, Willie Hutchinson getting knocked out against Lennox Clark. You know, it's, it's all kind of been, uh, you know, bad luck for the Ingle Gym. And this would really boost them up. Um, The final card to mention takes place at the Armory in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA over here. Friend of the show, Devon Alexander, 27-6 and six with a draw. He returns to the ring. I think he's coming off a loss last time out, um, a close loss, I believe. No, it wasn't a close loss. He lost by knockout in six rounds to Ivan Redcatch back in 2019. So he returns after two years out against Lucas Santa Maria, who's 11-2 and two with a draw, a loss in his last fight to Paul Kroll. Um, okay, interesting. Elsewhere on that card, Imantas Stanionis, 13 and 0 with nine KOs, uh, the fighter based in Oxnard, California, from Lithuania, um, coming off a brilliant win as well last time out against Thomas Delorme. Very good fighter. He gets in against the crafty Southpaw, who has been going for such a long time. Luis Calazo, He made his debut back in 2000, so this is his 21st year as a pro. Unbelievable. Um so yeah, all the best to Louis Calazzo. All the best to both guys there. It's over twelve rounds. Louis Calazzo 39 and 8. Still providing tests for these prospects. It is unbelievable. And I've got to say a, a huge shout as well to, in my opinion, in my personal selfish opinion, the most important fight on the card. We've got Gabriel Maestre, who is 3-0. He was a really, really good amateur. Um, he beat a hell of a lot of guys in the amateurs. He's 3-0 with three KOs. Uh, the, the the Venezuelan fighter by way of Colombia. Um like I say, coming off three wins in a row all by knockout. He gets in against Michael Fox, friend of the show, 22-2. and two. Um, It's for the WBA interim welterweight world title. So, Michael Fox moving up in weight um, for this one as well, even though he can afford to do so being six-three and a half. Um He's coming off a loss, though, last time out to Lucas Santamaria, the guy that's on the undercard against Devon Alexander. So, crossroads. But... All the best to Michael Fox. He got the call on late notice. He's in shape, though. And if he wins here and becomes WBA Interim World Champion... Oh my lord. I mean, he could find himself being elevated. I'd love to see something like that happen to him. Really, really nice guy. I spoke to him earlier earlier on this week. Didn't even know that the fight was in the works until the recent announcement and I hope he's prepared enough for this fight because, you know, he did get the call late on and this guy is kind of being fast-tracked. He's supposed to be the goods. He was a great amateur, like I said. He boxed in the, you know, the uh the the WSBs and stuff like that. So Really good fighter, but we shall see. He is 34 years of age, so we shall see there. Really interesting fights um, all over the place on the weekend in Northern Ireland, in Essex, and in Minnesota. But anyway, that's it for the preview part of the show. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 303 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast, the reigning and undefeated WBC super bantamweight World Champion, Mr. Brandon Figueroa. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. Also, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Manscaped. Remember, you can visit manscaped.com and get 20% off of your order plus free shipping. But that's about everything from myself and Eddie. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again next week.